Looking for an assist with your credit card, but you can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 US-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day, or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human in customer service anytime. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. You best start believing in ghost stories, Miss Swan, because you're in one. Good morning, sweet world, and welcome to the No Dunks Podcast on the Athletic Network. It's Friday, February 26th. This is the Drop Podcast hashtag. Full squad, I'm Jay Skeets, and alongside me, we got Mr. What You Need to Know, Tass Mellis. Hi, Phil. Hi, oh, drink. (laughs) (sighs) We got my top shot hot boy, Trey Kirby. Ayo! Ayo! We got the international man of mystery taking it to the max. Was drinking a little champagne last night with our buddy Grish, Lee Ellis. And last but not least, making the magic happen is JD. Hello. There he is, and here we are. Shout out to the stream team joining us live right now on YouTube. Like, comment, subscribe, and share the show. Uh, Thanks to everybody who did join us live last night for our uh, NBA happy hour watch party. My buddy Grish, excuse me, our buddy Grish, uh, stopping by to talk about a number of things. Uh, Traveling around the globe, uh, sharing their stories. Mail trucks came up. Um, we had a blast, so go check that out. What's John Schumann saying already here? He's oh. asking if he missed something epic by not being in the happy hour last <laughs> night and watching the Sacramento Kings game. Obviously. <laughs> yeah. you, just, you just found out, Shu. Yeah, yeah, Shu, go back and watch. Uh, I think it's almost three hours. <laughs> yeah. um, it came close. It, it came got close. very, very close. So we didn't go super late. We started, I guess, pretty early. That was uh, nice. Things considered. That was nice. So anyway, I had a great conversation with my buddy Grish. Uh, we talked about a number of things, so go check it out if you want to. Now, for those just listening to the podcast, we don't release it as a podcast. It's just up on YouTube, so go check it out. And uh, if you like it, hit the little thumbs up and, uh, of course, leave us a comment as well. We were giving away some uh, Chris Middleton top shots. <laughs> Three Middletons. Uh, yeah, uh, I know I've given mine away. Trey's doing his as well, and then I'll, I'll stay on my buddy Grish to make sure he... Uh, gives his Middleton away as well. And you had to leave your uh, username in the comments section. So thanks. Don't know about you, Skeets, but I was regretting it there in the fourth quarter when Middleton was taken over. Nah, I felt good. I felt happy. I was like, oh, this is actually maybe a a moment we're going to gift to somebody and it might actually go up in value. So that's Mm, uh, that's a dunks bump. Yeah, you're right. He had a great game. That was a good one. Uh, Guys, also, immaculate items available at nodunks.com. Go grab your No Dunks merch. Uh, our buddy Grish was rocking a nice one last night. Oh. He's got the No Dunks Knicks one on. I love that one. That's a, uh, this is a very nice one. Oh, yeah. Tass, he's got yes, the wraps on. on. Jesus, look at these that, guys. Everybody's looking great today. So, uh, yeah, you can, you can look like the No Dunks crew here. Go to nodunks.com <laughs> and uh, get yourself some No Dunks gear. Okay, so we had a lot of blowouts, actually. In the NBA last night, and we got we got worst of the week. You know, we got the staples. We got some rapid fire fun. We are going to do those shout outs, the shuffle shout outs, Lily. Uh, shout outs are promised. back. That's right, oh, they are. Boy. <laughs> Everything's yeah. back. Cue the music, JD. Um, but I thought we could start the drop here by playing a little true or false with some of the big topics going on, and even some of the games from last night. And the first one, we'll start with the game because the Denver Nuggets lost to the Wizards. After running an impossibly bad fast break in the final couple of seconds. Now, I want, I want to set the scene here, all right? And we're going to play true or false. 
Six seconds to go about in the fourth quarter. The Wizards are up two. They miss a shot inside. The Joker bats the ball out, right? And Denver, off to the races. They got numbers. They're running. I mean, they got a chance to tie, maybe even win this thing. Really should go for the tie. It's Jamal Murray and friends on this fast break. It's a three-on-one. Some people are calling it a four-on-one. I'm not Could angry be. at that. Yeah. Great position, again, to tie the game. And then this happened. We're going to show you the clip. So Murray's on the run. He's going to pick up his dribble at the three-point line, though. And you see the other Nuggets there. They all space out to the three-point line, despite there being no defenders at the rim. Murray fired that pass to uh, Campazzo. Desperation heave. Misses. Ball game. Nuggets lose in a pretty incredible fashion. So, you saw it. Everybody went to the three-point line, Trey. So, true or false? Blame the nerds for the Nuggets' <laughs> abysmal three-on-one fast break. Analytics. Everybody, all oh, just shoot the three-ball. What do you think? True or false? You're off the hook here, nerds. This is false. This one is 100% on Jamal Murray. This was not Kitchener's finest moment. I say 100% on Murray. I would say actually more 90% on Murray, 10% on Michael Porter Jr. Murray, though, blames Murray, which is why I'm fine with saying it's actually his decision here that is uh, the problem. Because as soon as he gets the ball, Bradley Beal is retreating. He's running back to the lane. He has his hips turned to the point where Murray could easily get to the rim. The guy just needs to hit the gas and go to the rim. That's the simple answer here. Mm. He's at least drawing a foul. Even Beal said, I thought he was coming to shoot the layup here. You know, it seemed like that's what it should have been. It should have been Murray going to the hoop instantly, trying to draw a foul, trying to score a bucket. Maybe you get it three the hard way and you're getting the win there as well. Secondarily, yeah, maybe Michael Porter Jr. should be cutting to the to the basket on the fast break instead of pulling a Zach Harper and running to the three-point line. <laughs> three Zach Harpers running the break yeah. out there. Three-point line to three-point line, but somebody has to go to the rim. Yeah. They just completely lost their minds there in the last four seconds. Yeah, that's it. I don't think uh, all of them have to go to the rim, but at least one of those guys, along with Murray, should have beelined to the rim, and there's an easy pass. Maybe, like, if it's Michael Porter Jr. going baseline, throw him the oop for crying out loud, sure. and it's a dunk. But, Lee, uh, what did you think? I know you would have been one of those guys going to the three-point line. You can't hit a layup <laughs> to save your life. But uh, what do you think of the Nuggets there? Yeah, Jamal Murray has to shoulder so much of this one because you're right, everything Trey said there, like, Bradley Beal is backtracking. He's kind of got him uh, frozen there. All he needs to do is keep going, and he's got – Almost an uncontested layup unless Bradley Beal sort of dives at him to prevent him from getting that. So uh, that that does fall on him. As far as the guys running to the three-point line, yes, one of them, fine. But Michael Porter and Facundo both really should have been like, I'll go, no, you go, I'll go, no. Instead, they just really <laughs> spread out because yeah. they want the three. They want the glory of winning the game on the three-pointer as the buzzer uh, as the buzzer sounds, whereas you just need to tie that game and, and uh, potentially extend it to overtime. So just a complete screw-up by the Nuggets, though. And, uh, you know, Jamal Murray has kind of owned it, saying, yep, yeah. like, I, I should have I done better. But the Nuggets this season have had a few of these slip-ups, and, uh, and this one was, was clearly the biggest one against a team that they shouldn't have even really been in a, in a contest with. They should have beaten the Wizards last night pretty easily but they weren't able to do that so uh yeah one of those ones that uh man you just you just wonder what was going through everyone's head there right now it was almost like they were sort of being too polite to each other saying i'll stay out of the way you guys finish it off and uh jamal murray's a star with the ball in his hand take it inside you have to do that when you've got bradley beal backpedaling anything to add there tess i guess you let michael porter jr off the hook because he you know 
has some brain farts from time to time. He just didn't know what time and score was. But Facundo Campazzo, he's a point guard. He's <laughs> got to know what's going on. I, I did not get... I, well, obviously, you blame everybody. I mean, it's a three-on-one. Just score. <laughs> just, 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 I mean, just you score, have an opportunity yeah. to tie the game. Uh, Jamal Murray, I know he was waiting for somebody else to go to the rim. He had his eyes up. He was staring at the other two guys. And then... You know, Bradley Beal comes and guards him, so he's just got to pull up. Uh, it's just crazy to see a three-on-one to tie a game at the end of it. The Wizards just not back at all. I mean, that's their job is to, <laughs> you know, stay back with the rest of the guys, like stay back with one of those guys. And, yeah, the the, the Nikola Jokic part is real key. The way he batted it out yeah. is awesome. Um, and to just hit it by five guys, it was it was like it was a crazy play how it all worked out because Hel Neto looked like he was going to get the roll. He he used the twenty four second shot clock perfectly. He used mm-hmm. every single one of those seconds, uh, and then Murray goes the other way, and he blamed himself this morning this morning on Twitter. Uh, he came out and said <clears throat> this angle though. I think he's not saying other guys go to the ring. I think he's saying. What the hell am I doing? I mean, I should pass it to one of these guys. I think he's putting it on himself, which he should. Uh, I, I, yeah, and, and that angle obviously makes it look like a four-on-one because Monte Morris snuck into the picture <laughs> with three seconds left. But that's, that's just crazy. It's crazy. The Nuggets have been the most disappointing team to me in the league because they just haven't put it all together, mm-hmm. even though they've got an MVP candidate. I don't, know. I don't know how you lose that game. Wizards are hot, though. Keep winning all these games. What, they won six of the last seven, right? And they're back in the Ridiculous. playoff hunt. They're going to be in the play-in tournament. It's amazing. All right. That was uh, that was an epic way to lose it. You said like they were being too politely. It sort of was uh, similar to what happened in the Pelicans game. I don't know if you <laughs> yeah. saw that down the stretch. They were being too polite in terms of like, <laughs> somebody shoot the three. We actually yeah. need a three to tie the game. And just like no one would let it go. And they're trying to search for a better shot when they probably should have taken a couple of them. But yeah, some crazy endings there. Next one. Manuel quickly scored 18 of his 25 points in the first half. Julius Randle, another great game, 21 and 14. Powered the Knicks to the 140 to 121 win over the Kings last night. Yeah, 140 points. Crazy. The Knicks, they're rolling. Fifth win in their last seven. Sacramento's free fall continues. They've dropped nine straight now and have allowed 126.3 points per game. And they just gave up, as I said, 140 to the Knicks. The Knicks are a good team. They are not an offensive juggernaut, okay? So this is, like, pretty wild. I'm going to ask it like this, Tass. True or false? Come Monday, Luke Walton will not be coaching the Sacramento Kings. True or false? I think Luke Walton will be coaching on Monday. I think, yeah, the expectations... uh, You know, if we take a look at it now and the way they've lost nine in a row, it's, it's... Obviously terrible, but let's take a step back. Would you have thought that they were 12 and 11 when they were 12 and 11? No, I don't think so. Uh, And at this point, uh, you got to blame Luke Walton for the defense, undoubtedly. We've got John Schumann in the chat here from NBA.com. Schumann was doing a good job of tweeting the moments where the Kings were just falling flat on their face on the defensive end, where Marvin Bagley, who isn't getting a lot of playing time for that very reason, was just letting guys stroll to the rim. So does the coach have to take uh, the brunt of that? Oh, yeah, because on the other side of the floor, you've got Tom Thibodeau who came in, and on the Knicks side, they have the top three defense in the league. So juxtapose those two dudes, Thibodeau right. and, and Walton. So, yeah, Walton is going to uh, he's going to take the brunt of it right now, but I just don't think he gets axed because, yeah, um, they're you know towards the bottom now in the Western Conference, but that's kind of where people expected them to be. 
I, th- I just think he gets a little bit more time. Obviously, if they keep falling flat on their face on the defensive end, then yeah, he gets axed. Uh, but like we said about Mike Boonholzer last week, we're kind of living in the moment. And uh, the Bucks were on a, a terrible losing streak. Now they've come back to, uh, you know, to playing their type of ball. They're all right. I mean, the Kings, I guess they are playing their type of ball, which is bad ball. Um, <laughs> it, it's, it's unfortunate, the defensive effort, because De'Aaron Fox was sort of keeping them alive and keeping them sort of afloat is the right word at 12 and 11. He was, he was kicking ass. And then he goes out for a game and isn't right for another game. And then this streak, uh, man, uh, the ups and the downs are just like, they're so high with this team. There's no... There's no even keel with this team. So you're either like, oh, yeah, this team can make it. Uh, Or you you kind of think, wow. I mean, the strolls that they had to the hoop last night uh, on the Knicks side, yeah, 140 points, uh, they don't do that very often. I think you're being too kind. I think he's gone. I I think it has to do maybe with these games this weekend. They have another one tonight at Detroit. Okay. Obviously not a juggernaut team either. If that's another bad loss, then they go home to play the Hornets on Sunday. If that's another one, you're over 10 now. You'd be at 11 straight losses. You're continuing to give up you know, 125 to 135 points per night. You saw him frustrated, Luke Walton, last night. I think they have to save his job. I mean, I'm getting at it. They have to win you know, one, maybe both of those games for him to still be there come Monday because I also look at what happens in the NBA is like you get one coach fired and then it sometimes opens up things, right? You know, like we saw Ryan Saunders get fired last Sunday. That sometimes jump starts like the firing or moving on, the coaching carousel, whatever you want to call it. They have an easy replacement. It'd be Elvin Gentry sliding over and see if he can get anything out of these guys. Uh, you know, Walton's breaking clipboards when they're falling down 20. I think he knows his job is on the line here. Put me down that he's gone come Monday. I I, I think Kings have been wanting it for a long... Kings fans have been wanting it even for a long time. And I just think you get it over to 10. And if you're losing to teams like the Knicks and the Pistons in pretty... If they do lose on uh, tonight in historic fashion again, I don't see how he survives, Trey. Am I, am I crazy for thinking that? A Pistons loss would be really, really bad. Because it's the Pistons. It would be 10 straight. That's a poor number. And it looks really bad because it's a a round number as well. We just saw, like you're saying, Ryan Saunders got fired after losing to the Knicks. So you lose to some bad teams and it Mm. puts a spotlight on you. I don't necessarily know that switching to Alvin Gentry is going to fix anything. It's not going to make this team play defense. That's a guy who really struggled to actually build a defense when he had a great defensive player in Anthony Davis there in New Orleans. I think it'll be just more of the same. You'll probably get a the fired coach bump where you're trying to show off that uh, it's not your fault uh, that the team mm-hmm. is bad. But I don't see things changing with Fox and Bagley as the stars here and Buddy Heald as well. Rashawn Holmes is your center. There's nobody there who is going to play defense. There's nobody who can keep an opposing guard in front of them. There's nobody who can grab a defensive rebound. They're 30th in defensive rebounding. It's easy to kill them on the glass. Uh, crushing the offensive boards, just easy to get shots against the Kings. I don't think switching stream mid, uh, switching coaches midway is going to change anything, but they'll probably do it just to do yeah. something. Because I mean, how long can this go on? Two decades? Two decades of the Kings being the worst defensive team in the league? Not good. What do you think, Lee? Is he there Monday? Uh, yeah, I think I do think it comes down to tonight. I think it's the Pistons mm. game. That's huge here, and it's on a back-to-back too. And that Kings defense is just uh, non-existent. I mean. 
it just feels like yesterday they won seven of eight and it was like we, I think you were saying Skitty like all right all right I'm I here, was I'm trying to tell you guys yeah uh, to, to, to not allow you me to get legs. too excited yeah, yeah. Um, so it's it's kind of crazy to see how just how quickly it's it's gone back to where it was at the start of the season where they were just awful there but to me when you are giving up so many points so easily on the defensive end that is a sign that you've the coach has lost the team anyway because they're just not trying. They're not putting yeah. in the effort. Uh, their defense isn't great, but it was okay there. Well, it, it was better when they did go on that little win streak, but it was more that they were actually just outscoring teams. They were still conceding quite a lot of points, mm-hmm. but a game like that against the Knicks last night to me is just like, all right, we, we're basically going to passively, aggressively try to get you fired anyway here because uh, we don't care. And uh, that, that's what it seems like to me, that, that uh, the Kings are just like, yeah, if you're the ownership as well, you're like, I don't think Luke Walton has a future, so maybe you just start that process as soon as you can. And whether it's Alvin Gentry to be the interim for a while or for the remainder of the season, fine, whatever. But I just don't think Luke Walton is the coach going forward. So the longer you sort of prolong it, right. uh, it's just going to happen anyway. So uh, I, I think he's very, he'll be very lucky to survive another week or so. All right, let's hear from you guys in the stream team. Is Luke Walton coaching come Monday? Or will that be one of our main topics to to start that show with? Uh, winners and losers. <laughs> can we already put uh, Walton in pen into the uh, into the losers section of the Monday podcast? Next one. The Philadelphia Inquirer reported this week that the Sixers, Clippers, and Heat have emerged as potential Kyle Lowry trade partners. Uh, Keith Pompey, uh, who's a very trustworthy reporter, he wrote that, quote, a source said Lowry would like to go to Philly, or like to be in Philly, I should say. The source believes the Sixers and Raptors might be able to get something done, end quote. Now, Lowry's agent has since denied the rumor. Deny, deny, deny. I'll ask it like this, though. True or false? Lowry would make the Sixers championship favorites if there was a deal made. Trey, what do you think? It's false for me. I don't think they become instantly championship favorites. I do think it does make them Eastern Conference co-favorites right there with the Nets. To me, Brooklyn would probably have a higher ceiling, but Philadelphia, the Sixers would be night in, night out the best, I think, just because, you know, you can get to a higher level having three guys who are MVP caliber players like the Nets do, where the Sixers, you know, you're not exactly convinced you're going to get the same thing out of Ben Simmons every night. And that's Mm -hmm. really the X factor there. Also, once you consider what the Nets are doing right now without Kevin Durant, eight straight wins, the Nets just look incredible, and they're going to be adding their best player further on down the line. That being said, Kyle Lowry, no doubt, is the most title-swinging kind of player that has been sort of on the trade block here. Obviously, the Raptors are denying it right now, and it's going to come down to if Kyle Lowry wants to leave the Raptors, if he wants to go chase another title somewhere. With the Clippers and the Heat in the mix, I think if you add Kyle Lowry to either the Clippers or the Sixers, that's an easy plug-in to both of those teams, and they're jumping up the rankings. I mean, you're putting them in the mix for winning the title, adding Kyle Lowry, just because he'll be such an easy fit alongside those teams. The ability to play with the ball, the ability to play off the ball, playing with stars, playing without stars. The guy's done it all. Mm-hmm. He he's plays, He plays defense as well. He's taking charges. He's an emotional leader out there. No doubt adding Kyle Lowry increases the ceiling of any team who's going to get him. Does it necessarily make them the title favorites if it's the Sixers? Not for me, but I mean, they're already in the top five teams in the league right now, and they would only be getting better. So certainly they're title contenders. Yeah, because if uh, in some hypothetical Sixers-Raptors trade for Lowry tasks, it's it's not Simmons going back. It's not, uh, of course, Embiid. It's 
it's probably it's maybe like a Tyrese Maxey and picks as the enticing part to the Raptors and then it's like contracts to make it work right like Mike Scott uh possibly a Danny Green even going back uh <laughs> which would be really weird but but what do you think of the all this stuff Tass as a Raptors fan the Lowry trade rumors you know the, the possibility of the Sixers trying to make a move or these other teams like the Clippers heat do you believe any of this uh what, what are your, what's your take well, I believe that Kyle Lowry likes Philadelphia. That's where he's from. Right. Uh, but uh, I don't know what more to believe beyond that. If he wants to leave, as Trey said, he's going to tell uh, Masai Ujiri in the front office, uh, it's my time to go. I, I I find it hard to believe that he would at this point with the way they're playing. Uh, around the 500 mark, This the team is just it's solid. Uh, and it, it's obviously... Uh, no sure thing for him to go to Philadelphia to win a championship. It's a shortened season, and and yeah, he can do it all for sure. Um, but then he does have to, you know, relearn along with Ben Simmons, who's going to have the ball, who's going to share the ball. Like Ben Simmons is is just you know getting to that point now where he's he's feeling really comfortable without the ball, and then on the ball, he looked really good last night in that win over the Mavericks. I just I just know that Kyle Lowry knows that it's not a sure thing, uh, you know, to go into this these next few months and to be able to to win a championship. Of course, he increases their chances, but I guess if he asks the Raptors front office that he want if that or makes the request that he wants to go, it probably comes with the caveat that I still get a uh, my my likeness my statue outside of Toronto's arena if I'm traded, okay? That's part of the deal if, if you let me go because he's a Raptor for life and, and I, I just, I find it hard in this weird, crazy season unless they were bad because I speculated about this before the season that maybe he'd want to go but now they're 500. He's playing in Tampa. He doesn't even have, you know, his own home right now although I guess the, the rumor was he was selling his Toronto home. I just There's too much. There's too much, I think, for him to just say, I'm going to Philly and we're, we're going to go win this thing. Uh, if they were bad, maybe. Uh, but Toronto's pretty solid. And it, and it almost seems like you know there's an outside chance for an Eastern Conference team uh, like the Raptors to, to shock someone. So I don't see it happening. Yeah, Lee, when we previously talked about it, we all said, if Lowry, like Tass says, go to, goes to Masai and Bobby Webster and says... I want to be moved. Then, yeah, I think they they try and you know see through on that. I think what he's done for the franchise, what he means to the team, they would they would give it their best shot to like. Well, where would you like to go? We'll see what we can do. But until that happens, uh, I don't think they move on from him uh, in the one year, you know, thirty million dollar expiring contract. You still agree with that? The way we were talking about it a couple weeks ago when this rumor popped up? Yeah, I do because I still think if you're the Raptors. If you were to meet the Sixers in the playoffs right now, I think the Raptors would feel that they can take them in a series. Really, I mean, hmm. uh, the Raptors are six and one without Lowry so far this season. They're they're playing, they're playing okay without him, but obviously, I think he's they're better when he's playing at his best. He's an experienced playoff guy. We know that it took a couple of years there in Toronto for him to get to that point, but now. He's someone who really does perform in the playoffs. And the Raptors, after that slow start, have gotten themselves back into contention. So I don't see him going to Philadelphia. I just don't see that as uh, as where Masai Jiri would trade him to. I think it could be one of those situations where it's like, maybe not to the Eastern Conference, we'll send him to the West because we don't want Kyle Lowry to come back and uh, have a revenge series against us. I just I just don't <laughs> think that would happen. So um, I'm not sure. I mean, we, we know with the Raptors, there's no leaks. There, so if a deal's happening, it's just going to happen without anyone really knowing what's going on there because uh, that's just the way that uh, Masai Ujiri has been throughout his tenure with Toronto. Things, things that he kept very close uh, internally there. So... I think if he does get traded, it's to a just to a Western Conference team. I, I just 
Just, yeah, but wouldn't you think it would be a good Western Conference team because Lowry would want to go to a good team yeah. and win a championship? But then the problem is Clippers don't have picks. No, Lakers don't have picks. Yeah, it's like it's like you start running out of teams pretty quickly. If Lowry ever went to them and said, "I'd like to go to a team to help my chances yeah. of winning a title again," and they're like, "Okay," and then they look at the landscape and then Masai's like, "Well, that team has no picks. That team has no picks. That team has, like that's why the the Sixers are the ones that actually do." Yeah, I mean, there's, there's a three dangled. team, I suppose. In, yeah, in that for sense. sure. You can, you can get you can get your uh, you get your picks there, but of course, Lowry is an expiring contract as well. So, mm-hmm. um, exactly what the expectations are in return. Would you get a first-round pick if you could somehow finagle that from another team? I guess the Raptors do it. But again, they're, they're just not playing bad enough where it's like, well, we may as well just tank the season from here. Mm-hmm. I think they realize, again, in the Houston Conference, I think the Nets at full strength are the team to beat. Other than that, I think the Raptors would probably look and say, you know, we can beat the Bucks, We can beat the Sixers. You know, the Pacers, the Heat, all those other teams there. Yeah. I think the Raptors at full strength, you know, sort of think this could be a season again where it's there for the taking if they can get everyone back on track. You know, Pascal's a big one. Freddie's playing fantastic. Norm's, you know, Norm's Norm. He's up and down. But if you get good Norm, the Raptors playing are, great lately. Mm-hmm, yeah, I mean, yeah. If, he, if he can keep that up for the entire season, then great. So... I just don't. I just don't think the Raptors are looking at it right now and thinking like it's time to shake things up. I think they're like the opposite. It's okay, like, that's that's fair because as Trace has said a couple of times over the last week, it's like you're one bad week away from being out of the playoffs, yeah. and you're one good week away from being a top three team in the East, right? I mean, it's so so jammed up. Uh, yeah. yeah. If I'm the Sixers, though, I mean, I am absolutely pleading with Masai Ujiri and saying, "Yeah, Danny Green, Mike Scott, make the contracts work." Uh, you know, Tyrese Maxey, yep, there's your, your, your promising young player, draft pick, whatever it takes. They, they, to me, with this, their window, this window's open. I mean, they're good. They're already good. Kyle Lowry takes them to the next level. That's a no-brainer. Can you imagine the defense? Holy crap. Lowry and Simmons as your, basically your perimeter defenders, uh, and then Embiid as your backbone? Oh, my God. Uh, and, of course, him having the reps in the playoffs and stuff like that. I, I would... I would absolutely be trying to make this move if I'm the Sixers or the Clippers for sure, or, or even the Heat. But yeah, whether or not Masai Ujiri and uh, and the Raps want to do it, we'll see. We'll see. It all really depends to Lowry. Uh, I was trying to, to remember when he came on the starters. Was he not wearing like full Philadelphia Eagles gear? I feel like yeah. he had on an yep. Eagles sweatshirt and hat. It was like right after they were, had won the Super, Super Bowl. Right? Super Bowl. Yeah, he definitely had the hat on. I don't remember. Yeah, uh, yeah maybe he did have a sweater on too. I, think yeah, was, I mean, yeah, he's I a Philly it was guy. Before the Super Bowl, though, that he was on. I oh, was it? Mm-hmm. Yeah, maybe before. he was saying we're going to do it. Yeah. During that two-week hiatus that the NFL so, yeah. likes to have before the Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it could okay, have been that. that. I, he has played for Daryl Morey before as well in Houston. Forgot about that. Oh, wow. Mm-hmm. Like That's a, a long, long time, time ago. ago. Yeah. Wow. God, eons ago. All right, well, we'll wait to see what happens with the, uh, the Lowry trade rumors. They're still around right now. Final one. Kyrie Irving, 27 points, 9 assists. James Harden chipped in 20. Nets extended their winning streak to eight games last night. 129-92 shellacking of the Orlando Magic. Uh, this Nets run has come basically without Kevin Durant. He's missed uh, six straight games with the strained left hamstring. Harden, balling. I mean, he only had 20 last night, but it was it was a blowout fashion, so whatever. He would have had more if the, you know it was a close game. He is averaging 25 points, though. In his 20 games with the Nets, he's averaging 25 points per game, 11.5 assists, 8.5 rebounds. Shooting splits, 49, 42, and 86. They're 15-5 and five with him in the lineup, Lee. Uh, they had those two weird losses to the Cavs, remember? And then they lost the three straight when they weren't playing a lick of defense. It was Toronto, Philly, and Detroit, and then they've turned it around since. But I wanted to know, let's go have dinner, Lee. You know? <laughs> True or false? James Harden deserves a spot at the coveted MVP table at that dinner. Is that true or false to you? I'm saying false today. 
Um, I'm saying false okay. today. It didn't seem like uh, this was going to be a possibility given the way the season started for him. Of and I think it's a long shot still. But the longer Kevin Durant is out and the Nets keep winning, maybe he could find his way to the table because I think right now he's in the restaurant, but he's at the bar just having a drink by himself, talking okay. to the barman. Okay. But if someone gets up and leaves that table, uh, then he could be there in time for when the meal is being served. Um, Let me ask you this. Is Kyrie already at the table? Oh, I think Kyrie's running late. I think Kyrie's running late. Oh, see, I disagree. I <laughs> yeah. think Kyrie has more of a case, actually, than even Harden, who is making a case, as I just pointed out. Um, I mean, look, either way, the transition from Houston to Brooklyn has been incredible for right. James Harden. His play, his attitude. He's been a true pro after being the complete opposite of that in his final few days there in Houston. Um, so I think whenever Durant comes back, though, this is the problem for Harden. I think it will just be harder for him to stand out because I think Kevin Durant is the MVP of that team. Mm. And Dur- and Harden would have to outperform him and obviously Kyrie. But when Car- Kevin Durant has been playing this season, I mean, he's been... He- he's absolutely at the table. He's got the wine list right now. He's ordering for the table. <laughs> oh, well, he's a Matty O, is he? Yeah, he wow. absolutely is, oh. yeah. Um, now, Durant, this hamstring, you know, they said it was only two two games where he was going to be out. But a hamstring, we know, it could be two or three weeks. Uh, and just, just the way that he's been playing... Makes it hard, I think, for Harden to become an MVP this season. But I will give him credit for everything else that he has done since going to Brooklyn there. Slotted into that team, you know, really um, kind of adjusted in, in the sense that he's been prepared to let other guys sort of do their thing as well, but then take over when he's needed to. And it has been an incredible fit. And I think today the Nets are clearly the Eastern Conference favorite uh, and doing all this with Kevin Durant out. So uh, it, it's great for him. But MVP, I just don't think he's quite there yet. Not okay. Yet. Okay. Trey, you agree with Lee? Is he, is he at the bar? He's not actually at the table, which I think we decided on six people at the table, too. I think. Six Five, people six or was seven. official? Yeah. All right. That's, uh, yeah, no. Okay. James Harden, if we're saying six at the table, you can talk me into him being Ooh. top six. It feels like uh, we're always trying to find reasons to disqualify James Harden from being in the MVP conversation. When clearly he's an MVP level player, but uh, I'm with Lee. Once Kevin Durant comes back, he's the MVP of that team. Kyrie has been amazing. A fourth quarter killer once again, but Harden has been the guy. He has been uh, keeping the team afloat. Eight straight wins, like you mentioned, Skeets, and they look incredible offensively and they look solid enough defensively, I would say. So yeah. Tell him we're getting a table. He can stop by if he wants to. Maybe he'll have a drink. Look, we got a spot right next to JD. It's perfect. We got a slice Slide for you, right buddy. In. Okay. One slice left. It's going to take four and a half hours for that pizza to be done. So show up whenever you want. Yeah, exactly. Uh, if you want to swing by the strip club real quick, James, don't worry. The pizza will not be on the table yet. So you can come a little bit later. What do you think, Tass? Uh, is it a, is it... Is it a stretch to have him in the MVP conversation? And and, no. and honestly, is should Kyrie be ahead of him though? I think that no. is interesting. Kyrie should not. No. Really? I I I'm not sure I agree with that, guys. Kyrie, you want to talk about a guy that's not getting any love, the love he deserves. His he is ridiculous right now. He's even better than Harden in terms of shooting the ball efficiency wise. Harden's their most important player, though. They're eight and three when Harden plays without Durant. Five and five when Durant plays without Harden. Harden has more boards, assists, steals, threes than Kevin Durant, but Kevin Durant beats him in scoring. Uh, right. He is he is their their fulcrum. Uh, yeah. Uh, ever since Kyrie told James Harden, "Hey man, you're the point guard. Mm-hmm. I'm the shooting guard." Literally, that's what happened. Uh, they have they've bonded. Uh, they want to win a ship. I don't think they really care who gets uh, the accolades at this point. You know, at, th- at this point of their careers, Harden's thirty plus. He did the MVP thing. 
uh, and uh, they're all on the same level. Uh, it's uh, it's nuts. It's nuts how how quickly they've uh, kind of come together, even with Kevin Durant missing six games. It's like Kevin Durant's not on the team and still kick ass, uh, and no one's really concerned about when Kevin Durant comes back. Obviously, the hamstring is a huge concern, um, but you know it was supposed to be a couple games, and now he can sit out till the at least till the All Star weekend, and mm-hmm. everything's fine uh, mm-hmm. because because especially because in the Eastern Conference, uh, you know the, the Sixers aren't running away with things. The the Nets are right there, half game back, and uh, man, uh, I, I you know whoever whoever. Uh, is playing between him and Durant is in the conversation. Like, yeah, if Kevin Durant is out for another few weeks, then Harden bumps into uh, to Jokic and Embiid and and all the boys at the table and LeBron, of course. But uh, you know, it's KD's to lose uh, unless he doesn't come back. I think. I think uh, even though the numbers I just said, Harden kicking ass in every single category, but scoring for this team, he's their best defender. <laughs> just kidding. Uh, the uh, <laughs> Yeah, he's K- KD's the guy. KD's still okay. the guy. Uh, Brooklyn is scoring 118.2 points per 100 possessions. I think they're the number one offense in the league. They're 120.7 since the James Harden trade. That is like the greatest ever. Uh, I think they're on pace to uh, beat you know the Mavericks of last year, and that's and not see, a real surprise. I believe it. I believe it with this, with this one. Yeah. I did not believe it sure. with the Mavericks. They sure. shot a lot of threes and made them. It's 2020 sure. when it happened. But this team, I can believe this being the best offensive team of all time. Uh, I want to do a little trivia, though, with you guys, because I, I fired up the basketball reference MVP tracker, right? The award tracker. And uh, this is... Uh, ranking the candidates based on like a model built using previous voting results and it's obviously taking into consideration the win percentage of the team the numbers of the guys and all that stuff so just let you guys know kevin durant not in the top 10 right now no i think a big part of that is of course he's missing these games here Kyrie is eighth on the list and james harden is not on it um either can you name though let's go just the top five right now can you name the top five guys according to basketball reference on the mvp tracker lee have, have a go at it just you, you go first here lebron lebron is fifth right now mm-hmm. so he's dipped down he was much higher uh trey next guy Embiid. number two right now according uh to uh, basketball reference tass the joker he's number one with the nuggets only at 17 and 15 yeah a little shocking of course the numbers are just unbelievable but uh yeah the record not not amazing two more guys back to you lee luca luca not in the top Mm. 10 Mm. not even there no nope trey Giannis. Giannis, yeah, sneaky Giannis. No good. Three, yeah, still pretty good. Still pretty good. Uh, no chance of winning it. We sort of all agree. Uh, going back to back to back, probably, unless they just don't lose a game from here on out, the Bucks. Uh, he's three. And then Tass, can you name number four? Stefan, don't call me Steph. No, he's way down there. He's number 10. He's oh, number why? 10. Kawhi. Yeah, another oh, sneaky nice. guy. Kawhi Leonard, uh, obviously, the Clippers have a great record, and his numbers are there. And then it's Lillard, sixth. Rudy Gobert, seventh. Mm-hmm. Kyrie, as I said, eighth. Donovan Mitchell, ninth. And Steph Curry, tenth. So there yeah, you go. That's interesting with the Jazz. I mean, as great as they've played, Mitchell and Gobert are not really in that conversation at all. For, they're, uh, no, they're not at the table. Yeah. No. Wow. Well, that's the crazy part, right? Could they have the best record in the league when it's all said and done, but we could still have three Nets players eating at the same dinner yeah. at that MVP <laughs> table? Wow. That makes you think. Let's hear from you guys, though. True or false? Does Harden deserve a spot? 
can any of these Nets guys actually win MVP this year, or do they all sort of cannibalize each other, which I think is the case. I don't see any of the three winning them. Let's hear from you. Okay, we got Worst of the Week still. We got uh, Tweet of the Night. We got some shout-outs. We got Rapid Fire Fun. But let's take a quick break to hear from our sponsors. Looking for an assist with your credit card, but you can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day, or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human in customer service anytime. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. Hey, Frank, a little birdie told me you don't need a satellite dish to get DirecTV. What's the little birdie? Was it Jimmy the Sparrow? It's a figure of speech. Point is, you can stream DirecTV over the internet now. Oh, sure. Next you're going to tell me those big birds are made of metal and filled with people, right? <laughs> you mean airplanes? Stream DirecTV without a satellite dish. Call 1-800-DIRECTV. Terms or restrictions apply. It's time for Worst of the Week. Ladies and gentlemen, the Worst of the Week. This week's Worst of the Week, we have three nominees. We'll start it off with the Boston Celtics, because uh, they're continuing to lose to bad teams, guys. The last two weeks, they've lost to Detroit, Washington, Atlanta twice, the Pelicans, Dallas, who is now sub-500. All in the last two weeks. Wow. This team that's supposed to be a championship contender. And I personally think they'll get back on track uh, when Marcus Smart comes back. He is their lifeblood. But there's talk about them making a big move on the athletic. A few of the guys contemplated John Collins from the Atlanta Hawks being moved to the Celtics. So I want to ask you guys, let's not get into the nitty-gritty of the Celtics. It's 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 uh, it's painful to watch them right now. But quick, quick around the table, do you think the Celtics make a major move the next few weeks to try and revitalize uh, what was supposed to be a championship team. Trey. Are you considering a John Collins-esque a yeah. major move? Yeah, I think so. To me, yeah, I think that would yeah. be a notable player who has at least all-star potential. I can see it happening. The Celtics, their biggest weakness is that they don't have a lot of depth right now, so it might be a problem for them to try and move some of their role players, multiple role players, to try and bring in a star, unless they're able to do it in some sort of three-team trade. But there's got to be some sort of shakeup. There's too much ask uh, for Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum right now. They are both very solid players. They're both, you know, all-stars this season. Tatum theoretically could be an MVP candidate someday, but creating for others has been a problem for both of them. It's not their strength, no doubt about it. And they're missing Marcus Smart on the defensive end and just as a connector, swinging the ball from side to side, making decisions and not being a guy who needs to go out there and score every single time. What can they do? I mean, John Collins, I think, would help. You know, he would certainly help on the glass, give him a little bit of a presence inside. I think he's become a better defender than people realize at this point in his career. He's an average defender, which was maybe not the case uh, when he started. But the Celtics need to do something. Uh, there's going to be there's gonna be some sellers, I would imagine, here at the trade deadline. We don't necessarily know who it is because teams are so bunched up right now. But somebody's going to make a move. The Celtics got to hop in. Who are the sellers? Yeah. Rockets, maybe. Cavaliers. Who am I forgetting, Lee? Other teams sell and sell and sell and that immediately uh, the jump Thunder. In. You want Al Thunder. Horford back? Thunder? Sure. Oh, man, they could use Al Horford. Well, that's Kings? the thing, right? The Celtics have let a lot of these, you know, good, uh, if not star players, leave for really nothing. I mean, in Kyrie and Horford and 
um, uh, Gordon Hayward, of course, you know, getting back. They got to do something with that trade exception. Yeah, I think they're going to do something. Uh, we'll see how major it is, Tass, but they have to do something. Uh, you're right. Smart. He's smart. He's one of those players that it yeah. is like, you know, a, a Draymond. It's like a Lowry. It's like, man, he's not there. You just miss him. <laughs> you're just mm-hmm. like your team just is not as good as it is when when those type of guys are playing because of their impact on both ends. Um, but I do think Danny Ainge will do something here. I think he has to. Um, because like they're they're not, again their goal is not to make the playoffs their goal is to go very very far their goal is to win a championship let's be honest uh, and at least get there I think would be their goal so Lee, yeah Lee, they'll do something what do you yeah what do you think well, well history tells us Danny Ainge is going to come close but not actually do anything so mm-hmm. uh, I'm not sure if that will change or not this season I, I think there's two major factors here you've addressed the Marcus Smart and also they need to get Kemba Walker playing back to the best level that he can uh, be at because he makes a huge difference and he just hasn't been able to sort of uh, get stay healthy and get to that level yet so I think there's a couple of things there as far as a major move yeah without obviously giving up any of their significant pieces of their big four um, I guess they could potentially, you know, try to use try to use that trade exception to get somebody. But uh, I sort of just feel that it's uh, and it's it's more like going to be an off season thing with the Celtics. I think I, I just they they don't tend to make big moves during the season. Uh, I think they'll reevaluate and see how they go once they do get their healthy players back and uh, and play at a high level. Because I think I think they're still a very tough team. I mean, they've mm-hmm. got star players. Mm-hmm. They've got their their best five is pretty good. Uh, you know, but they don't have the depth right now. So I, I, I don't think a major move is coming. No, I think maybe they'll uh, move on the fringes a little bit, but not a not a significant move. You're not wrong about Kemba, man. The guy plays great early in games, and then as the game yeah. goes on, he just gets worse and worse and worse. It's becoming a, yeah, that's a concern. And I don't know, like, would they try and move him? I think they would if they got the right deal back. But good luck with that. Maybe right now. Yeah, I mean, playing. he's got two years left and seventy odd million left on that deal with a mm-hmm. player option for that last year so uh, that's that's a big contract it's almost kind of what happened with Hayward they gave him the big deal and then you know he didn't see it out in the end because they got him to you know he went to uh, Charlotte but Kemba with the injuries is just really slowing him down but uh, mm-hmm. at his best I think that that Celtics team is much better than what they're showing right now yeah they just need one of those role players to really shine through they've got so many guys that they've picked in the first round that just haven't been Knockout punches. I love me. But who's going to do it now? Yeah. I mean, you have hope that one of them is going to do it like in a playoff series? No, not right now. I mean, one of them's not turning into Tyler Hero like in the heat like run. You know, I don't see that happening right now. Right now. I know. But if you squint, you can see Peyton Pritchard turning into (laughs) Tyler Hero like. No, totally. Yeah, yeah, that's the crazy part. Pritchard's been the best of all those guys that they've drafted the last couple of years. What was his uh, nickname? Fast Fast PP. Fast PP. Then he could become playoff PP. Yeah. That's good. Nice. That's good. Okay, now I want him to do good. <laughs> um, you mentioned Draymond Green there, Skeet, somewhere mm-hmm. in there. The second nominee is Draymond Green. Last mm-hmm. Saturday, less than 10 seconds left. Warriors down two to Charlotte. Green was upset with Gordon Hayward being allowed to call a timeout on a scramble play. Green was so upset he got hit with two techs. Hornets tied it from the line on those techs. Then they won it while Draymond Green was in the back. Oh, I wanted to get your take on Green copping to it days later because after the game he didn't he didn't address the media and days later he said quote i was dead ass wrong i can't get the second tech it bothered me more than getting suspended in game (laughs) five of the nba finals interesting this situation in particular i had complete control over now he's referring to when he tapped 
uh, LeBron's undercarriage way back in Game 4 of the NBA Finals in 2016 that really turned that series around 3-1. And he got suspended for the accumulation of flagrant fouls. This one upset him more. Well, because possible? he's saying it was more on me. I was a, uh, I was a dummy. <laughs> yeah. Well, right. those. I mean, his LeBron was literally like on him too, and then he touched his testicles, and then wow. that's why yeah. he got suspended. I mean, it was an accumulation, of course. Yeah. I, I understand what he's saying, but I don't know. He's he's he said it's still with him days later. It's still bothering him. Again, more than the NBA Finals. I think that's a little. That's a little bonkers to me. Yeah. I mean, the thing is, on that possession that the uh, Hornets got the timeout, he was right that, you know, he could have complained about it. But getting those two texts, one, I believe, was for taunting the opponent, and then the other one was for just uh, uh, basically swearing at the referee. So, yes, he needs to control his emotions a little bit better than that. But he did need that uh, basically 24 hours to cool down because he didn't want to speak to the media after the game. And Steve Kerr addressed it after the game. He said, no, he was in the wrong and I'm going to talk to him about it. So, you know, those two have had some uh, tension in the past, but at least they owned up to it in that situation and didn't hide from it. And then and then Draymond did come out and say, yep, that was on me. So I think in the end, uh, he did the right thing. He, he didn't try to hide from it or make excuses. And it did cost his team a victory in the end. So he did the right thing. He, he made up for it in that sense, but... Uh, they lost the game because he lost his cool. Right. All right. Last candidate, friend of the program, basketball podcaster, writer, and personality, <laughs> Nate Duncan. Oh, man. <laughs> it's unfortunate. I, I thought this happened 10 weeks ago. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, I know. <laughs> Things week. happen so fast. But when the dunk of the year happened, rookie Anthony Edwards, he dunked on Utah Watanabe. Duncan tweeted, well, Anthony Edwards all over Twitter with the dunk of the year. He also has seven points on three on three of fourteen shooting. Oh, seven on threes. Let me just point that out. He's having a bad game. Right. Um, Nate Duncan, come on. We're just trying to celebrate a moment here. So then, when when Philip Dean photoshopped Nate Duncan being dunked on by Anthony Edwards, couldn't help but but laugh at that uh, because everybody angry with Nate Duncan for just. Just not celebrating the moment. So are we in the wrong here? Well, listen, there's a there's a fan out here uh, from, from No Dunks named Bo who is in Nate's corner. Okay. He tweeted, all the people still today bashing Nate Duncan for his correct Anthony Edwards opinion. Why is this still a thing? Uh, and, and then he goes on to say, I feel like this debate is evolving into current NBA ball movement versus early 2000s boring ISO stars. I guess what Bo is saying is that Nate is describing what's actually happening. Anthony Edwards is not having a good night, while Twitterers are just excited about the dunk and aren't seeing the full Anthony Edwards picture. But right. no one was arguing that Anthony Edwards is right. a MVP candidate. They were just <laughs> we were saying the dunk was awesome. Play. Yeah, yeah, and, and and I've been I've been loving Anthony Edwards recently. He's come back to earth though. Mm-hmm. Uh, Melo Ball's definitely the rookie of the year. He, he's he's kind of fallen back to earth, but he was in the sky for that one, and that's all anyone was talking about. It was just a dunk. So uh, you know, it's unfortunate that Nate got uh, was was trending for the wrong reason uh, because his analysis is good, but in this moment. It wasn't about the O of seven threes. No one was saying Anthony Edwards is a good three-point shooter right. or Anthony Edwards is an efficient player and belongs in the Hall of Fame. They're just saying that was the dunk of the year, and it was. So um, far, for sure. So, you know, <laughs> uh, yeah. Like, yeah, I think... But, but I, what happens, though, is that that tweet, it gets turned into, like it's like that, uh, was it Bo says, like it's the whole nerds, the analytics versus just loving the game and celebrating the cool moments. It just turns into this stupid, like... 
oh, you guys talk about his numbers, and then all you guys want to do is just see the highlights and the cool passes and stuff like that. You can enjoy both of them. That's right. <laughs> you don't have to pick one, guys. You can geek out over both the cool plays and the numbers and get into it. And uh, and look, I am a fan of, uh, uh, and, and I've listened to the guys for a long time, Nate Duncan and Danny LaRue. And those guys, by the way, they watch the games. They actually do know what they're talking about, which is why this becomes ironic. People are like, nerd, nerd, you got your head just buried in the numbers, you know. Uh, no, he watches more basketball than you. I will guarantee you that. He just does. And this is coming from someone that watches a hell of a lot of basketball. Nate Duncan and Daniel LaRue do. And then what's also great is like Nate Duncan actually plays basketball and is pretty decent at basketball and I think can dunk, which is the ironic part because his name is also Duncan is the funny part of this whole thing. But I don't know. I just don't care. It's fun. Everybody like with the photoshops and stuff like that. I, I, I think Nate Duncan is a good enough sport that he can take that. And maybe he's like, oh yeah, maybe not the greatest timing with my tweet. I don't know. Maybe he still stands by it, whatever, but who cares? Eh? Like we don't have to make this so damn serious. It's a, it was an awesome dunk. And they're also really great at what they do. I think in terms of breaking down the game, you're laughing lately. What are you yeah, laughing at? Uh, well, two things. I mean, to me, the numbers are irrelevant to that dunk in the moment. It was an incredible moment. That's what we love to see. But Jasmine L. Watkins had the best tweet when she just uh, tweeted a clip from coach Carter where she said, uh, everyone watching the Anthony Edwards dunk, Nate Duncan, and just uh, went to the clip where he says, those are the numbers. Those are some stats for your ass. <laughs> sure. <laughs> but this is why we love it as well. I mean, because we all have our own way of interpreting things and what's important and what we should value. And, and that's just, you know, Nate, in that moment, and he hasn't deleted the tweet. He hasn't apologized. Nah. He's like, I still believe it. And that's what you own up to it. That's fine. That's great. So uh, I just thought it was, uh, it was a hilarious moment because it, maybe it is dunk of the year. Who knows? Um, uh, but we'll also have that. We'll also have Nate's tweet. So yeah, that's true. You know, it's true. Yeah, what, yeah. If there was some, if Nate had tweeted Utah Watanabe's on off numbers or his, you know, defect de- defensive RPM or whatever, that would have been relevant. You know, like you know something that makes sense. Of, oh, he, Watanabe got dunked on. Poor guy. But you know, he's a pretty good defender. Like, I, I don't know. Maybe if or if he had a dunk rate for Anthony Edwards, like he misses. 99% of his dunks don't take this one uh, at face value he's a bad dunker like that would have made sense this, but it doesn't at, you know basketball is just like fun sometimes so well yeah but if I'm Nate Duncan run with this man run with this bit anytime there's a great play on Twitter tweet right away something like about like a, a bad number or pointing out a you know a, a limitation to that player run with it man lean into it uh, is what I would tell him to do but uh, mm. we'll see nice. anything to add there TK to this I just think there's tremendous irony in the host of the Dunked On podcast being dunked on after a guy got dunked <laughs> it's on. Funny. It's incredible stuff. It's I would love to see the stats on that for how many dunks you can get into a single sentence. Can you beat three? I don't know. It's pretty amazing. It's, yeah. it, it is good. Yeah, it's good. It is great. It's just oh. naturally say the guy got dunked on. Bang. It's publicity for the Dunked oh. On podcast. Yeah. Right. Just like that. So, uh, yeah. And we do love Danny. And we love Johnny, who is, you know... Uh, Whoa, why are you loving tangent. Johnny in there? No, he's a tangent. He hosts a podcast as well with Johnny. Nate Duncan. Mm-hmm. It's not the Dunk Don. But yeah, I mean, you know, people are lumping him in. Why don't we lump in Nerder She Wrote here? Everybody's right, lumping right. in the guys who watch basketball. Uh, you know, he just got a little too deep, got a little too deep in the numbers. Just step back, Nate. 
Oh, oh, so we got back like up. Lee Ellis from the corner in the Metro Media Jam yeah. to win the championship. I remember mm-hmm. that. Stole it from Nate Duncan, didn't you? I think. We well, won the jump that. ball. Won the jump ball. Oh, that's oh, right. Oh, yeah. <laughs> wow. 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 I forgot Clutch about play. that part. Clutch play. What were your stats though on the night, Lee? What were oh, you shooting? Yeah. Yeah, you were garbage. <laughs> JK, JK. Nate Duncan tweeted after the game, only shot he hit all night. <laughs> Um, <laughs> no, Danny LaRue gave you MVP. I think he's the one that bestowed that upon you. That's right. He was on the That's call. right. Uh, I was going to say, yeah, this whole thing is like, would this be like Dave DeFore hating cool four-point plays? <laughs> like, if there's a big four-point play, Dave DeFore's got to jump on Twitter and be like, that was one of 12. He barely hits them. Right? I think yeah. that uh, would be the That's good. Here. That's yeah. good. All right, so yeah, those are the worst of the week nominees. Are you, mm-hmm. you giving it to in, to anyone in particular? Is it going to? No, it going it's not to going Nate? to Nate Duncan. Okay. I mean, we're we're already losing people in the stream team. They're saying, "Come on, stop talking about this. Start talking about basketball." <laughs> yes. So I'm not not going to mention that again. Draymond. Uh, I mean, I guess it's the Celtics just overall. Yeah, that's fine. Know. Or maybe it's a three way tie. I don't know. Okay. Okay, well, let's uh, before we get to uh, definitely not talking about more basketball because there's not a whole <laughs> lot left of this show, we do have some more ad reads. Been doing a bunch of retirement planning stuff lately. So I've had documents flying in and out the mailbox. A lot of signatures, both analog and digital. A lot of phone calls, a lot of stamps. Got to get my long-term future straight. Yeah. Let me tell you, Skeets, the things we build our future around are the things worth protecting. Making an estate plan now means gaining security of your assets and peace of mind for you and your loved ones. Watch your assets. With Trust and Will, you can create and manage a custom estate plan starting at just $199. Go to trustandwill.com slash nodunks for 10% off plus free document shipping. Trust and Will's website is simple to use and the process is straightforward. In no time, you'll have peace of mind that your assets and wishes are secure with easy access and control of your estate planning. Each will or trust is state-specific and customized to your needs, whether it be care wishes, nomination guardians, final arrangements, or power of attorney. It's easy to ensure your family and loved ones avoid lengthy, expensive legal proceedings or the state deciding what happens to your assets. Secure your assets and protect your loved ones with trust and will. Get 10% off plus free shipping of your estate plan documents by visiting trustandwill.com slash nodunks. That's 10% off and free shipping at trustandwill.com slash nodunks. As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10. Place your first bet on any game and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. 
sticking sort of in the ad read world here, this next segment, it was such a hit last week that we decided we got to run it back. It's once again time for Masterclass, what I learned this week. I can't believe that I have masterclass what I learned this week this week because um, I barely had a chance to glance at the thing. Uh, I've been so damn busy, but uh, good news. Lincoln, my son, 14 years old, has uh, been glued to masterclass. He, like, he's literally been watching it all of his spare time. Here's a, here's a picture of him oh, wow. Uh, wow. taking in a, a Gordon Ramsay masterclass home cooking. And uh, <laughs> I would like to draw your attention to the bowl next to the computer. That, huh. is, a, that is a bowl of Yorkshire pudding that he made f- from scratch for what? his lunch that day. Wow. Um, yeah, I mean, not the healthiest lunch, but uh, you know what? He's learning. Okay. Uh, so I happened to pass by while he was watching this class, and um, I learned a new way to chop vegetables, guys. It's real simple. I was always the knife away from me, you know, like like this. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. But Gordon suggests, like, here, I'll, I, got, I got a picture. Towards perpendicular to you, mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and it's, uh, I, as soon as I saw it, I, I've been chopping my strawberries in the morning like this and it's actually easier. Hmm. So close up. Nice. Yeah. I learned something. And then later on, later on in the chapter, they have awkward shaped vegetables, Uh, which I I enjoyed. And, and, you know, it sounds so stupid, but it's actually so helpful. All of his little tips. So, uh, Yeah, and uh, Lincoln, it's like we were talking last week about when your kid sort of decides that they're interested in something and you just sort of run with it, you know, like try to make it available. Well, he's all about cooking right now, so he, nice. uh, he's he been making dinner for the entire family the wow. last four nights. That's awesome. And uh, he's he actually made uh, patty melts last night from this uh, this little oh, gem. Oh, little cookbook, eh? Yeah, mm. gotta, Shout out to Danielle Aran. Uh, Danielle Aran. Yeah. Patty has, melts, huh? Yeah, yeah well, his, it's uh, their cheeseburger, I guess, with the cumin in it, but oh, man, yeah. God, sure. delicious. Nice. Has his swearing uh, uptake increased at all there, J.D.? What <laughs> oh, 100%. Yeah. Now, yeah. Uh, Gordon Ramsay doesn't swear at all, I think, on the... Um, on Masterclass, Masterclass. But, right. but Lincoln is a huge fan, so he watches uh, uh, Hell's Kitchen and all that. So he's, right. uh, oh yeah, he's like- Get out of the kitchen, you idiot! <laughs> oh, totally. Like he said that exact quote to uh, to his brother the other day. <laughs> Has he taken two pieces of bread and stuck them yeah. on uh, Jackson's ears? You're an idiot sandwich! Not yet. But oh. Lincoln says that uh, Gordon Ramsay does that when he's out of lines. When he's when he's out of like one liners, you know, mm. then he'll just take it's his go to grab the bread. What are you? <laughs> bread. Wow. All right. So there you go. Good stuff. So, so you're, yeah. you're learning through you know, osmosis through your son watching. Vicariously, yeah. yeah. And it's you know, it's now he's 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 cooking dinner, which is awesome. Like finally earning his keep, fourteen yeah. years old. Nice, nice. All right, great stuff. I'm waiting, I'm ho- I'm looking forward to the uh the the dishes doing chapter. Like because mm. uh, it the it's a goddamn disaster in there. So, but that's <laughs> fine. Not uh, cook but, and but, clean. Yeah. I know yeah. that's the thing. That's the deal. I think that's why he's been doing it. That's I'm gonna smart. cook yeah. every night so I don't have to do any chores. I'm like, okay, nice. 
Smart, smart, smart. Okay, great. I love it. Masterclass, what I learned this week. Trey, you're up next week, okay? Sounds good. Gonna watch that Gordon Ramsay. Yeah. (laughs) I'll tell you all about the chopping as well. That's interesting to me. I don't know. I've always been a slight angle sort of fella, but... Yeah, me too. Maybe. We'll see. Okay. Wow, we're learning here. We're learning. Okay, let's get to Tweet of the Night. Mm, Tweet of the Night. Wow. Twitter. What do you got, Tassie? Also food-related. It's a classic. It's a classic. Which one of these? It's from our friends at Homage, who wrote four McDonald's products here that have been discontinued. You can only bring one back. The old personal pizza that they used to have at McDonald's. No. Mm-hmm. I, I don't remember. I think that's the only one I've had of these four, but I can't really remember. Anyways, Mc, McSalad Shakers. Probably Matt Austin's favorite. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> the insufferable salad shaker, Matt Austin, and the uh, the old McJordan burger, the Michael Jordan that? burger. That was in Chicago. I'm sure Trace had that. And the onion nuggets. Now those huh. look interesting. Yeah, I but, like how uh, they put the full size onion right there. Just so you know, that's what <laughs> we are. fried a whole onion. Come cut these. All right. So uh, yeah, for me, I mean, I've only had one. I think it's the pizza. Yeah. Which was, you know, whatever. It was a something. It was <laughs> something. Yeah. Uh, anybody else? Uh, did you have the McJordan tray? Probably. I would imagine I did back in the day because, uh, you know, we were a McDonald's frequenting household, just like Jay Skeets once used to frequent the microwave. The Kirby household <laughs> would frequent <laughs> McDonald's. I remember distinctly having the beef Wennington back in the day, Bill Wennington's signature sandwich. I'm sure I tried the McJordan. It looked like it was just a cheeseburger with uh, bacon and barbecue sauce on it. Maybe is what uh, that little backboard was saying. But, no, yeah. there's, they, they yeah. put a cigar on it as well. <laughs> a little cigar, delicious. A little ash. Mm, yeah. Love it. That'd be all right. I didn't mind the pizzas, though. Uh, I remember being very excited when McDonald's came out with pizza. I'm yeah. like, these guys can do everything. Yep. Breakfast burritos already on deck. Jeez, they've covered every cuisine out there. <laughs> but for jokes, they got to bring back the McSalad shaker. And they got to hire Matt Austin as the spokesman. <laughs> I've been shaking sh- salads for a decade waiting for this thing to come back. <laughs> Yeah, that container that that looks like the McSalad shakers comes in looks very noisy. Yeah, it like it'd be right up <laughs> Matt noisy. Austin's alley. Yeah. Uh, did, you you worked at McDonald's, Lee? Is that, yeah. Are any of these ringing a bell? With you? Uh, no, I don't think any of those made it to Australia, including the McSalad shakers. I don't. I don't think so. I mean, obviously the Jordan didn't. The pizza. I don't remember if the pizza made it or not. Uh, but certainly not the onion nuggets. Yeah, they they that just sounds gross. Actually, onion nuggets. <laughs> yeah, it's weird. Um, so I, I would, I guess, I'd just like to try the Jordan special. I mean, uh, let's just throw some bacon and barbecue sauce and put Michael Jordan's name on a cheeseburger. <laughs> that should sell a few more. Sure, why not? Yeah, it's uh, bacon, barbecue sauce. And then standard stuff. It's just a standard just a burger, burger with bacon. <laughs> yeah. But barbecue sauce, you're a barbecue sauce I am. Yeah, stuff. I'm actually intrigued by that. But I've never had a burger from McDonald's, and I'm not going to start now. So the, the streak's <laughs> going to continue. I'm interested in not the pizza. I do remember when the pizza came to McDonald's, though, and that was a big, big deal. And I probably what? did like it at the time, but it was not that great of pizza. <laughs> yes, There's a reason they got rid of it. Um, I'm going to go with those onion nuggets because that's my go-to at McDonald's. Nuggets, like chicken McNuggets, but I'm intrigued. I would try those. I like onion rings. I assume that's what they're sort of like. Yeah, sure. give me those. I've never seen those. I didn't know those were an item for sure. Yeah, so. I, I saw some tweets. People very excited that they, they had tried them and they were very wow. pumped uh, once okay. upon a time. Nuggets. Yeah, uh, uh, the pizza thing. I remember, didn't it come in a, a box, like a, 
hundred percent. Every pizza comes in a box, yeah, but, like, but it was like a those, little cute little, it box. Like a little yeah. pizza box. Yeah, like that, that big. That yeah. was a personal size pizza. If Matt Austin was here, we'd be having a super oh, long God. argument. But what size a personal size pizza is? Because right. I don't even know what Matt's argument is, but he argues a lot about it. Uh, and I, <laughs> I just like that it came in that box. Yeah, it's like okay, this is my. This is exactly the amount of pizza I want to eat. It's not. I don't have to take an eight slicer with me. It's just like a perfect container. Well, that's what wasn't Matt saying like an eight slice pizza is a personal pizza. And we were yeah. like, no, it's not. It's yeah. just a smaller pizza. But I'm with you. That's yeah. a personal size pizza. What McDonald's was doing. Four slices. All that's right? exactly that's exactly what he was arguing. At. Yeah, it's actually one of Lee's favorites. Varasanos has an eight slicer and Matt was calling it a personal size pizza. Like, right. No, no person. <laughs> No regular person has eaten a, an eight slicer for fun. Like you just can't I mean, you call can. It. We said you can eat it all, of course, but it doesn't make it a personal pizza. Yeah, but he he argues it does. Not you. No, let's get him on here. Call him on. Uh, I can't wait till on. we get the WhatsApp chat later on when he hears this. Oh, <laughs> for sure. he might be watching live. Who knows? Who knows? I guess it's early out there. You've never okay, eaten good. a whole pizza, have you, Lee, from Verasano's? Yeah, to- yeah, I have because they're thin. Um, mm, maybe so they yeah, are personal yeah, pieces. Yeah, you, you can you can get through them, but uh, I I would argue though that they are you know not designed for uh, for, for the <laughs> designed. one person. It's like, that's what we're I mean, saying. Again, you JD, can eat them. You when John Verasano first made them, he thought they were going to be for two or more people. Yeah, yeah. Where JD and I had, uh, I think we, I look, I think we had two pizzas uh, in in the airport uh, at Verasano's. JD, oh, yeah. we? But mm-hmm. you know, I don't know if we ate all of them uh, ourselves. It was more just like you know, you know, one pizza's not enough for JD and I. Get two yeah. pieces. Maybe we traded a piece or two here as well. Yeah, so. give a slice <laughs> to the guy swaps. playing the piano over in the <laughs> yeah. food court. Yeah. 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 Nice bottle of red. <laughs> this one's on me. We definitely finished the wine. I remember that. Yeah. Oh, yeah. 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 I think we also had pizza in Phoenix too, JD. You and I, we, we had a nice. Did. Yeah. yeah. Hey, do you remember when we went to that pizza place in Houston for All Star Weekend? Oh, we I ate pizza, pizza in Chicago last year as well. Yeah, we did. Yeah, put the photo back up. Took four you hours. Love pizza eating pizza. Yeah, there it is. Which NBA look? player would wear a cream turtleneck to the MVP table? Wow. <laughs> what a photo. Oh, James Harden. I can see James Harden in a cream turtleneck. Yeah, for sure. Mm-hmm. Uh, we actually sat like that for the whole meal too, <laughs> as close as we could. But yeah. Okay. Someone take that photo and then Photoshop in the five MVP candidates onto our heads there, and that's what we'll run with for the uh, the MVP conversation. Oh man. Okay. Great stuff. Now, this week we asked all of you out there to share your favorite no dunks moments on the Shuffle app, and as a small thank you, we promise to shout you out on today's drop. So we're a part of our words here. Without further ado, take it away, Lily. Shuffle shoutouts. Oh, they're back finally. Eh? Okay. Be wise. Shuffler 7020. Dick Barron. JJ Mpaza. Landon Nam. Maha El Haraki. <laughs> Barnum 3132. Uh, Fuxic. Fuxic. Something. Uh, Shuffler 552. Creamy D. Drew 4636. Skip to my Lee. Sam Unono. Mason. Straight up Mason. Wow. Uh, P. Early Brog- adopter to the shuffle app. <laughs> P. Broghammer, Ludasan, Barnan. Uh, Barnan's back in there. Gets two shout outs. Uh, Mr. T. Mr. C3. Uh, that's it. That's it. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Unfortunately, I was hoping for a big Broghammer. 
but no, uh, no. <laughs> nope didn't share anything on the shuffle app i guess nah, come on big uh, come, come on Kroger. all right great uh did you miss that Trey? did you miss uh, the mini show i did there? i did i sure. did not know that i missed it but hearing lee get to Fuke? Fuke? <laughs> Fuke stick? <laughs> I was like, what a great throwback. I'm glad the shout-outs are back, and I can't wait till they're gone again. Yeah, me too. Me too. And then once a month, maybe, we can do something yeah. with the shout-outs. All right, well, thanks to everybody that did do that, because uh, we asked you to do that this week, to share uh, the No Dunks moments on the Shuffle app, and some of you did. So thanks. There's your shout-outs. Pick'em results last night. Wizards, Nuggets. Nuggets were favored by 7.5. They obviously blew it, because they can't uh, run a fast break and get us into overtime and maybe give us a chance to win that. We all had Denver. It's an L for everyone, and things are very interesting here for our final night in February because we're hitting the weekend. Come Monday, it's March, right? Mm -hmm. Uh, I think that's right. It's the perfect Um, square. It's the perfect square. That's what my (laughs) wife told me at the start. It still is. Um, So, again, we all lost. I'm 12 and 7. I'm in the clear. Lee, you're uh, 10 and 9. You're in the clear because we got two guys here at the bottom of your screen if you're joining us on the stream team. It's Tass and Trey, both 8 and 11. Final game. For February, what is the game there? I'll tell you. It's Blazers-Lakers. Okay? Blazers-Lakers. Now, I would prefer you guys to go, uh, you know, with opposite teams here or different teams. Lakers are favored by five and a half at home versus the Blazers. Who wants to go first? I mean, how you guys want to decide this? I don't know. The, the oldest guy, the youngest I don't care how you guys decide this. <laughs> <laughs> the oldest guy or the youngest guy? Hey, wait. Guy? Hold on. Hold on. When was the last time you had McDonald's? Oh. Not long ago. A few days ago. Trey? Longer than a few days okay, ago. Okay, Tass sure. Tas, Tas wins. Tass wins okay. McDonald's style. <laughs> what does it well, mean, though? Well, he gets to pick first, I think. Oh, okay, okay. Well, yeah. It doesn't matter. I think I'm going to take the team Trey's not going to take, so I think it might work out. Okay. Because uh, the Lakers stink. Um, they're 0-8-1 against the spread in their last nine without Anthony Davis. They've lost four in a row. They're five-and-a-half-point favorites against the Blazers, mm. but I'll take them. Were you going to take the Blazers, do you think, Trey? Uh, well, I'll, I'll flip. If you want to take the Lakers, I don't care. That's I'm fine. happy with either, man. I'm happy to oh, just let on. the just... basketball gods decide. <laughs> so if you want the Blazers, you can have the Blazers. If you want the Lakers, you can have the Lakers. Oh, I'm taking the Lakers. There right, we go. I'll okay. go Blazers. There we go. Tass has the Lakers to win by six or more. That's important. Trey has the Blazers to keep it close enough and uh, hopefully get the victory. Lee, who are you taking just for fun? Where are you going? I, I think that's just a bit of a big line there for the way that the Lakers are playing. So I would pick the Blazers to cover. Mm, that's interesting. I would have gone with the Lakers here. So <laughs> there you go. Torn. All right. Good luck to uh, Tass and Lee. Uh, excuse me, Tass and Trey, because one of them will be paying it off eventually in early March, because one of them will be losing. That is guaranteed. We'll find out tonight. Got to watch that Blazers-Lakers game. All right. Let's wrap this up with some rapid fire fun. Trey. The Knicks' Emmanuel quickly told the Big Apple Buckets podcast that he keeps a folder full of screenshots from haters on his phone for whenever he needs a little extra motivation. As we all know, your screenshot folder is a screenshot of your life. So, guys, what's something surprising in your screenshot folder? Skates. Yeah, uh, this was a great question. TK, I was looking at all my photos in my screenshot folder. That's the important part. And I couldn't pick just one. So here are three. First one, Yao Ming with a Playboy bunny. <laughs> I got that in my screenshot folder. And that's not going anywhere because what Good. a photo. Uh, second one, our friend Trang dressed as a bottle of Crest toothpaste. Wow. <laughs> oh, that's great. Also good. And my Brush favorite. Up. 
this random woodworker who looks like Lee Ellis. <laughs> I remember seeing that someone tweeted, and I was like, holy shit, that is me. <laughs> <laughs> Got a wall full of tools. So those are my uh, three favorites right oh, now. So I got good. some bangers in my screen. <laughs> that's my favorite. Oh, that was, that was oh, awesome. Uh, JD, what you got? Yeah, I'm. Uh, same thing. I came up with three as well because I just couldn't narrow it down. The first one is uh, shout out to Survivor. I don't know why I have this. It's Aubrey from from Survivor with the subtitle "egg" with two exclamation points. She was excited. I think the chicken may have laid an egg. I think so. Eggs. Uh, The next one is just a couple of billionaires uh, that I Ah, screen-grabbed to send to my friend Lee Ellis. It's uh, Richard Branson wearing only tidy whities (laughs) for some reason, and Sarah Blakely wearing a, uh, uh, it's like a rainbow sort of track suit, uh, a very fetching number. And uh, speaking of fetching numbers, I could. We couldn't have this segment without a picture of Mo Vernon oh, yeah. in his Big Mac onesie, his beloved Big Mac onesie. Uh, Holy crap! His fingers look crazy in that glove. Yeah. Totally weird. They look wild. It's just there's a lot going on here. Yeah, oh good. my goodness! <laughs> I think JD uh, that Richard Brands one. I think he's wearing men's spanks, which is uh, of course what, what um, that's Sarah Blakey's company. Yeah, Sarah Blakely's company. I think they're men's spanks. That's what. What, it, what it is. is it holding in? It's literally a thong, <laughs> practically. Yeah, but yeah. I think that's it. They they branched out and made some menswear, and Richard was uh, more than happy to wear them, as you can see there. He's hey. a great Nick too. He must be sixty-five or something. He does look good. Seventy yeah. years old. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. 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 It, it looks, looks like uh, he could like Diamond Dallas Page. Looks like he could be friends with your friend Eight Toes. It looks like he's missing some digits on oh, that. Oh boy. That right. Well, he's foot. got the one right digit there. Anyway. <laughs> oh boy. Easy. <laughs> All right, Lee. What's in your yeah, screen, What's in your thing, man? Well, it, it's ironic that we brought back shout outs today because uh, obviously we used to do Tweet of the Week back in the day, and uh, I must have screenshotted this one for Tweet of the Week one day here from our uh, former colleague Rick Fox. Anyone else notice how tan I was on in the NBA Finals NBA TV promo? That was last year in Miami. Got some sun in South Beach. <laughs> Still holds up a... that tweet. Still holds <laughs> yep. up. Yep, yep, yep. You've had that on your phone for more than six years at Apparently this point. so. Apparently so, yeah. I mean, and I've had a new phone since then, so it must have, uh, you know, saved over, I guess. <laughs> i got to make sure to save this one. That tweet pairs nicely, though, with uh, JD's eggs. Or egg. <laughs> Fox loves his eggs. Uh, okay. All right, next one. Oh, great stuff. All-Star Reserves were announced this Tuesday. Amongst the selections were first-timers Zach Levine, Jalen Brown, Zion Williamson, and Julius Randle. Fellas, what's something that is always best the first time around? Skeets. Fastest I've ever come up with a rapid-fire answer. Socks. Oh! Without a doubt, that first time you wear a pair of good socks, it'll never be better than that. Ever. Ever, ever, ever. As soon as, of course, they're washed, they're never the same. But that first time, a good pair of socks. Love it. Yeah. Yeah, that's good. That's good. I mean, like, you're leaving a speechless man. We're like, oh, dude, 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 that's cool. The only thing I don't like about a first sock wear, you might get, uh, you might get some fuzzies in your toes. Sure. Mm-hmm. You know, I if mean, it's too soft it's, of a sock. It's the, pay- the payoff's worth it, though, because they're yeah. so soft. Yeah. Mm. 
All right, JD. Nice. Uh, anytime you have a new dish at a nice restaurant, you know what I mean? Like that first time you're like, oh my God, this is the best thing I've ever had. And then you go back to that restaurant. I'm thinking specifically of the farm egg at Empire State oh. South down mm-hmm. here in, yeah. um, in Atlanta. Uh, such an amazing dish, a very simple dish. It's literally just a, a, an egg on uh, South Carolina rice, I believe. It's crunchy. It's tasty. The first time you have it, it's just like, this is the greatest thing I've ever had. And then you go back, and it's still awesome, but it's just not quite the same, you know? Yep. It's just not, you're, just, it, you're still chasing that dragon. So uh, anytime you have a new dish, there's there's a, a chicken place, a souvlaki stand in uh, in Corfu, Greece that I went to one time. I was like, I'm going to bring my grandchildren here. But then I went back like the next week, and it was just like, okay, this is pretty good. This chicken is really good. But it's, I don't know, why, why was it, it was like crack last time I was here? So, right. you know. It's a good answer, too. Really good. We talked about this last night on the happy hour with uh, our buddy Grish, Boris Gump. I think the consensus was (laughs) Boris Gump the first time. Pretty good movie. Pretty good. Pretty enjoyable. The more you watch it, you're like, gets worse and worse each time. (laughs) The soundtrack is one. The soundtrack is still a banger, but yeah, the more you watch it, the more you just pick it apart and you go, how do I even like this at the start? But you do, you do, you do, you do. Not wrong. Final question. We heard Post Malone covering Hootie and the Blowfishes only want to be with you on yesterday's show. Nobody does it like Darius, but chill vibes. Nonetheless, what's another 90s song that needs a Post Malone chillaxing remake? Skeets. Well, the answer is all of them, right? But I specifically went with a song that was released in Canada in 1999. Came out in 2000 in the uh, States for sure. Soul Decisions... Faded. Oh yeah. Can't you? I mean, this would. It's already. Yeah. You know, it's already uh, there, isn't it? It's but you know, Post Malone's just gonna oh. do his version of it. And it's gonna be even more chill. Remember this song? Yeah, this song is good. Barely. This song, like, you don't remember this, JD? It was popular. I mean, uh, it was huge. I don't think I've heard this since the '90s. Oh yeah. Yeah. Nora actually helped me with this answer. I was like, I don't know what to say, and she's like, Remember Soul Decisions Faded? I was like. You know, and then she played it. I was like, oh, this song. Yeah, that's like, I had good. no idea that's what they looked like. I had no clue. But they're Canadian. Uh, wow, really? Yeah. Nice. Yeah, didn't yeah. know that part either. But my I, I'm friend of the program, the Settons, yep. uh, Ma- Mama Settons, Mama Diane Setton met Soul Decision, has got a photo of it in their living room. Soul Decision with Mama <laughs> Setton. Wow. wow. Yeah. That's awesome. It's really strange. I'm awesome. into that. Yeah. <laughs> I got a... I, I gotta, <laughs> I got Shaw Claire's autograph. I thought that was cool. That <laughs> That's even cool. better what, you, what she's got. Yeah, this is a good song, man. Yeah. I don't think it's on Spotify, someone said, though. Wow, really? Yeah. Deep Which cut. Went? Yeah. Anyway, nice. I can actually see a Post Malone version of this, too. Right? Very atmospheric. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Nice. Because I think they did a remix. Tass, you might remember. Remember Thrust? Oh, yeah. Yeah, I think he... Uh, and, ultimately did like a remix with this like he did like a, a verse or something that anyway sold decisions faded that's my answer nice incredible mm. jd uh so yeah when i heard post malone uh the, his cover of hold my hand i'm like why would you bother with this song like i can't think of a more boring song right like uh <laughs> it's not like it, hootie and the blowfish are like the most meh band they're they're not interesting enough to even be bad you know what i mean like they're just the most mediocre band in history so i just wanted uh i want to hear post malone do a banger so i kind of i went 
I don't know if this is, this is not really a deep cut, but you don't hear it very often. It's uh, Criminal by Fiona Apple. Wow. Oh, wow. I remember this, this video. This song bangs. It's like, I love everything about this song. So uh, I think uh, I think he would do a great job with it. And uh, it's awesome. And also, you know, she's still making music, but I don't think she's ever had a hit as big as this. So if he if he releases a single, then uh, she's going to get some royalties. So, you know, throw some money her way. Well, I was going to say, was this her biggest song? Probably was, I right? think so, I yeah. Think so. Yeah. She came out with an album last year, which was, mm-hmm. it, it's actually very good, but it's nothing like this. Like, there's, there's no hits on it. You know what I mean? All right. When did you say this was, JD? Late 90s? Is that right? I, 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 mean, I think it makes it sense was to me, yeah. I think I just saw some McDonald's classic. pizza. <laughs> 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 they showed that. Oh, good song. Yeah, great, great song. Video. Good one. Great video. All right. <laughs> Post Malone version of this video would be very funny as well. If you decide to throw <laughs> yeah, that in yeah, 1997. Yeah. Wow. Man, I can't believe that song's that old. Wow. I great know. choice. Lee. Yeah, mine's what are you coming say? from the 1991 banger from uh, British uh, <laughs> British pop band London oh, yeah. Beat. That's a good jam. <laughs> oh, this is a great song. Look at this cover. <laughs> Gravity. <laughs> Now, uh, I've got two stories with this song. Um, one, I was in this uh, I was in this place halfway between uh, Moscow and St. Petersburg called Pskov. And uh, we were out drinking all day. We went into a nightclub and it was honestly like going into a club like from the 80s and 90s. And this was the first song that came on when I was in there. I just made a beeline straight for the dance floor. <laughs> Dancing all these Russian guy- guys and girls just having a ball because I was just hammered on vodka from drinking that all day. <laughs> And then uh, I was telling this story to a friend of mine who's a big dancer. As I was telling him the story, he just started like grooving out. <laughs> He's such a big dancer that you told him a story about a song. He and just he, had to start dancing. And he just started. He just started grooving. Oh yeah, it's great. This reached number one in Australia, so I don't know if where it did for uh, if it did for the US or uh, anywhere else. But I definitely remember this. Song. Oh, yeah, totally. Sure. Oh yeah. Was a big hit. I've right. been peeking about you. Yeah, yeah it's catchy. <laughs> All right. I never seen. I've never seen them though. I didn't know that's what they they looked like. I would have yeah. thought it was just a guy. No like, clue. One yeah. person. I mean, classic one-hit wonder. Like, never heard a single other song of theirs, but. Uh... You hit it out of the park with this one. Sure did. Sure yeah. did. All right. Wow. All, all great answers there. I think uh, Post Malone can do some work with all three of those songs. I look forward to that. Totally. Those, th- those three guys look uh, like the three guys at the beginning of White Man Can't Jump. Hanging <laughs> the, uh, what were they called? Uh, uh, the uh, yeah. Venice Beach Boys? Yeah. Something yeah. like right. that? Nice. That's right. Yeah. Good no pull. instruments. Good pull. Okay. That's rapid fire. That's uh, another crazy edition of the <laughs> Drop Podcast. Uh let us know your answers for the true and false questions early on. Uh, and, uh, of course, go get your No Dunks merch. Just to remind you again, hoodies and T-shirts and shorts and mugs and all that. Go to nodunks.com. Got to get yourself an athletic subscription. Go to theathletic.com slash nodunks. You can sign up for $3.99 a month for the best damn sports writing in the world. So uh, go to theathletic.com slash nodunks. They know that we sent you. Uh, helps us out and uh, helps you out because you're going to have unbelievable content to read and you get all the uh, podcasts ad free too so that's just an extra little bonus there guys fun week uh, we got very solid plays coming later today uh, we'll have to figure out a time to record that Lily, but we'll make that work um, and yeah that's about it JD another great work for you a uh, week for you at the Classic Factory my man yeah killing it over here I guess <laughs> killing, <laughs> killing me anyway we're yeah. killing you yeah so like help us out guys with the No Dunks YouTube channel 
We are literally killing JD, so at the very <laughs> least, you could leave us a like, a comment, <laughs> subscribe, please, please subscribe, and uh, share the No Dunks YouTube channel with your friends. That would help as well. Totally. Awesome stuff, guys. Look forward to talking to you boys on Monday. Clipper Bros. You heard it here first. Have a great time. Turn up. Love you guys. Awesome. Thanks for joining us. All I got to say is have a great weekend, everybody. Brace the weekend, people. You could stay. baseball fans this is Derek Van Riper now that spring training games are underway opening day is just a few weeks away Eno Saris and I have been getting ready for the season all winter on rates and barrels whether you're a seasoned fantasy player a baseball stats junkie or just someone who wants to learn more about the game join us for four episodes each week this season including our new Friday live stream with former big leaguer Trevor May Check out the live stream on Fridays at 1 o'clock Eastern on the Rates and Barrels YouTube channel or listen to the show wherever you enjoy your podcasts, including the ad-free option on the Athletic app.